For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Here we go. Here now with all of today's cruise and travel news and a bit of commentary. It's the guru of the seas himself, Tom Drake. It is himself on this Tuesday, Tuesday, February 13th, 2024. This is the Daily Cruise and Travel News Podcast. I am the podcaster. You're the podcast E, and that is the (laughs) official mascot of this Tuesday morning train wreck, depending on when you listen to it. Welcome to the podcast. We have left Auckland, New Zealand. We had a wonderful two days in Auckland, fabulous weather. I had a chance to have a little couple of beers yesterday in a place called the Occidental. Very nice. Great service. No complaints. Still confused about the time. Uh, it is Wednesday. Well, it's middle of, not middle of the night, but it's Wednesday for us. It's Tuesday for you. I've given up. We're on our way to Taranga, uh, otherwise known as, well, it's Taranga, but we go to Mount Magano, M- Mount Monagon, I can't even say it. Mount Mongani, that's it. Sounds like something Rickles would say in the show. What are you from, Mongani? What's wrong with you? I think it's pronounced that. Or is it Monagani? Anyway, it's beautiful. It's not a, it's a short walk from where we dock. Uh, it's a big mountain. Beaches around the mountain. Really first class. I mean, uh, no complaints. I'll tell you right up front. We're not there yet, but when we get there, uh, we're having a good time. The wife's going to sneak off the ship. I'm pretty sure we'll find a little spot for a notch or two. Enjoy the New Zealand weather. It was spectacular in Auckland, really was. We have a new new captain on board. Captain, uh, what was his name? Stefan uh, something. <laughs> he made an impression. He's gone, and uh, Captain Brightsit is here. That's the son of Bright, you son of a Brightsit, and he is. He's the son of Yuricha Brightsit, who was our very first captain on Oceania, the captain on the Nautica when we were shot up by the pirates. So I always want to say that Morrow, that's the son. I said, how you doing, you son of a Brightsit? But I don't say it because <laughs> he's the captain, and he's got four stripes, and he has... Security people in a brig. So I let it go. We do have the new guest on board, otherwise known as Fresh Meat. I don't know. Nobody can give me a straight answer. Somewhere between under 200, more than 180 uh, left, and uh, new people are on. I haven't checked them out yet. I saw some people that looked like were they were from Australia or from New Zealand. That's all I'm going to say. I'll find out that later on. Uh, the, the email for this uh, wonderful extravaganza, the Drake Podcast at gmail.com. If you're a first-time listener, we run down the top stories of the day in the cruise and travel industry. We also touch on issues that affect the cruise and travel industry, and that would, of course, be the Iranian back whack jobs who keep firing on non-combatants. Uh, they keep insisting on firing on non-combatants because they're on the way to, to give stuff to Israel and they want to put an end with us. These guys are serious whack jobs. According to the latest article, they fired on a a freighter that was on its way to Iran with a barrel of corn, all kinds of corn to bring to Iran. And these guys fired and hit it. And they hit it because everybody knew 
where it was going. They said, screw you. You're on your own. Nobody stopped it. Only minimal amount of damage. They they popped some corn, basically. Now, the, the story here, the narrative they're spinning now is from some officials that they knew it was an honest way to Iran, and they didn't care because they wanted to show that Iran is not their keeper, that Iran is not that witch behind the curtain from the Wizard of Oz, that those aren't Iranian drones or Iranian uh, suicide boats or whatever the hell they have. So they went and fired on a ship that was on its way to Iran. No way it was going to Israel. He was. They were bringing corn to Iran. How about that stuff? Now, a, supposedly, allegedly, a Greek-owned freighter on the way to Iran. Anyone else? Wanna wonder if they're ever gonna bring anything to Iran now? Why the hell would you? Everybody, anyone on the way to Iran knew they were going there. It's part of the whole, you plot your plan or plan your plot or whatever they do. So how about those whack jobs? <laughs> the Iranian-backed whack jobs firing on non-combatants who were bringing corn from Brazil. Approximately 4.5 million tons of corn. They're not sure how many they pop when they hit it. But according to one regional security official, uh, they said the attack was designed to show that Iran does not control the Houthis, no blowfish, that they act independently and stupidly. Is that a word? Oh, my goodness. Dumb and dumber with missiles and suicide boats. What has the world, what, where is, what the hell is going on? That's what I wanted to say. You know what? hell does that mean? That means whatever the hell you want it to mean. No, it's not as early as I usually do this, but it's a lot later. That's a long story. Uh, wash your hands, wash your bottle. First time listeners, I have to stop and tell you what this is about. I am trying to stop norovirus throughout the entire universe. You know how the cruise lines want to save the planet by Tuesday? I want to make sure you're not throwing up on Wednesday. That is my role here. That is my job. Also, wash your bottle. What the hell does that mean? It means if you have one of those refillable bottles, you have to wash it out once in a while because bacteria builds up in your bottle. And uh, if you pass your bottle to somebody else, say, you need to hydrate. Take some of that bacteria. You know what you're doing. Uh, wait till you hear this, though. Anybody going to Rio for the carnival? Well, they just announced an outbreak of dengue fever. Dengue, D-E-N-G-U-E. How about 10,000 cases? Of den figure, fe- that that word too. You fill in the blank. Some damn fever a week before the carnival. Who's got tickets wants to go there? I've never heard of, maybe it's pronounced dengue. There you go. Like bengue. It's dengue. It's pronounced dengue like bengue. I can't hear you. I have headphones on. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting sign language from the cruise director. Um. It doesn't matter. Whatever the hell it is, here's what it causes. Nausea, vomiting, rash. You might get a rash in your dengue. Whee! That couldn't be good, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Aches and pains, normally a pain in the eye. You knew what you thought it was going there. Uh, very painful behind the eyes. Your muscle, your joint, a little pain in your joint. <laughs> I shouldn't do this after three coffees and bukas, right, Stevie? Uh, uh, no warning sign? No, it just comes on in the last two to seven days. There's no cure. There's no medicine for it. You just have pain in the eye, pain in your joint. You're sick. You're throwing up. Let's go to carnival. Hell, if even if... <laughs> I've been to Brazil too many times to talk about. The outbreak is a result of Brazil's tropical climate and the heightened rainfall associated with El Nino. We have not heard that name in forever. 
El Nino and the rain has called the dengue, bengue. Well, maybe bengue fever because you have a pain in your joint and your aches and your muscles and all that good stuff. <laughs> all right. Maybe I'll maybe I'll reconsider doing this after three coffee and Zambuca. Maybe I'll just cover it down to one. Is it your birthday? Well, happy birthday. I had some choices. Tennessee Ernie Ford. Uh, boy, that's way in the way back machine. I loved him, but he didn't make it. Peter Tork. Hey, hey, you're a monkey, but you're dead. Uh, Robbie Williams. I really like Robbie Williams. Robbie, not Robin. Robbie Williams, British crooner and rock and roll guy. I just saw a clip uh, going way back about eight years ago. Taylor Swift was in Wembley, playing the stadiums at Wembley. Wembley. At that time, she's 25. But I'm just unbelievable. Anyway, and she's singing Angels, his big hit. And he comes up out of the floor, and the place goes nuts. I don't know, 50,000 people. Unbelievable. What a career. He has 50,000 people screaming for him. And I have guests who write in the comment card, he's on stage too many times. <laughs> Why is he on so much? <laughs> so I chose this guy because this was my nickname in high school, Sledgehammer. I want to be. Oh. Hey. Get up there. Do it. Everybody do the sledgehammer. Strangest podcast you'll ever listen to. <laughs> Back up on the Booga Boy. Shut up. I never liked that song. I just wanted the cheap joke. My nickname in high school, Sledgehammer. All right, here's the tears. T tears? Here's the tease. Here's the tease. Again, first-time listeners, uh, I put out a tease, let you try to figure out what I'm going to talk about. Also, remind me tomorrow. I have to tell you about it. I, I have friends coming into Florida to perform. My friend Ryan Joseph is at the theater at the Military Museum in Punta Gorda on February 25th. A uh, fantastic show from the Alan Jackson Band with his wife, uh, Danica Ports. People that have followed me uh, for, oh, I don't know, three years now on the Internet, they know Ryan and they know Danica. They're, they're there on a, uh, on a Sunday, a Sunday 2 o'clock matinee, so it's great for the old people. You don't have to drive at night. If you have friends in the area, Port Charlotte, Punta Gorda, Fort Myers, Military Museum, February 25th, Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. On there and uh, get some tickets. I'll have information tomorrow. My pal David Shannon, you I've talked about him. Les Miserables, Phantom. This guy was the Phantom for 18 months on the West End. He will be at the Willow Theater for three nights in Boca Raton, in Boca, baby, for my friends down in South Florida. You don't want to miss David. He he's unbelievable. Uh, obviously from England, now lives in Nashville. Relocated here and uh, from Phantom, a come from away from Les Miserables. He was Jean Valjean three times in the West End. This guy is spectacular. The Willow Theater, I don't have the dates because I'm not spectacular. The Willow Theater, Boca Raton, it's in uh, uh, March. I'll have those dates tomorrow, but you can Google Willow Theater. 
and uh, buy some tickets. Number one stringer, do me a favor, get some friends up there. John and Ann, go see my, my pal David at the Willow Theater. And the tease is it's pretty, <laughs> no, it's not pretty, but it's warm. Take your mind out of the gutter. It, it's not pretty, but it's warm. The Massachusetts Port Authority reported a 20% increase in passenger volume at the Flynn Cruise Port Boston last year, reaching approximately, doesn't that, doesn't that annoy you? How the hell you put out a press release, you don't know how many people it was? <laughs> what do you mean approximately? What is it, one guy you think he was there and then he left and came back? How many? Don't you have an accurate count? Boston? Anyway, 373 passengers. According to a statement that was inaccurate, somebody got paid to put out. Look, I don't get paid to put out crap. I put out crap, but I don't really get paid for it. These people get paid to put this out. How many people? If I'm, the, if I run this place, Joseph Morris, I look at this guy. Hey, bonehead, don't you know how many people we had? Approximately 373. What are they hoping they had? Is there a homeless guy hidden away? They're looking for him. Anyway. The port welcomed 149 cruise ships. If you've never sailed into Boston, welcome is a lie. <laughs> I tell you what, I almost got arrested by two cops in Boston. Arrogant? Oh, worse than New York, worse than New Jersey. Once in a while, you catch a friendly one. No, this is one of the worst terminals in the country. And somehow, people go there. According to it's it's a it's a warehouse. We never there's two places you can dock. We get the one where you walk through a warehouse. It's cold, but it's warmer than outside. The other one is like a half-ass terminal. Neither one come near Miami, or Port Canaveral, or Port Everglades, or even or, or you know uh, Port Canaveral for sure. Anyway, according to Joe Morris, he's the Massport. Port director, the guy that put out that release, approximately, we were thrilled to see the robust demand for cruising, not for your terminal, for Canada and New England. If someone somewhere popped up a tent, I believe the cruise lines would go somewhere else. We look forward to fostering, yeah, <laughs> fostering additional growth. You're not fostering anything, Joe. You're just in the right place at the right time. Please. They put 13 cents into that. I've been going there for 20 years or more. I used to sail out of Boston on the Norwegian Majesty, Boston to Bermuda. We were out of booze before we got to Bermuda. It was crazy. They ever put 10 cents into that place. Nobody says, hey, you know what? You have to spend money to make money. Nope, they're in the right place at the right time. The cruise season was marked by significant milestones, including the introduction of new itineraries and five maiden voyages. And you had nothing to do with it, Joe. You didn't, you didn't even paint the building. It's a dump. I know, people in Boston go, calm down. It's true. Everyone else is putting money in. MSC's building term, terminals. They're, you know what? MSC should go to Boston next, build something. Just paint the place. You go through this storage stuff to the right and the left, and, and the police staring at you like, you know, you're a hootie, no blowfish. Anyway, all of the people from the the cruise lines weighed in, you know, Gus Antorcha runs Holland America. Oh, it's an important home port. It's the only one. <laughs> That's all. Right place, right time. It's a garage. I don't know whether to talk about this. Here's the tease. A big discount for paying up front. A big discount for paying up front. Now, you know, 
if you listen regularly, and if you happen to be regular, uh, I'll be on Crystal in about, I don't know, two weeks. Fabulous Cruise Line. Uh, I only worked for them once. I loved it. They liked me. <laughs> Who knew? Uh, we'll see how, if I can mess that up next time. But they've unveiled this uh, Explorer Fair for people planning a 2025 cruise. You can get a 20% discount if you prepay a non-refundable ticket or a 10% discount for refundable sailings. And the only question I have, this is a knock on Crystal, but I, that's an upscale market. I mean, I, I saw the, the cruise that I'm on, I'm on for eight days of a 16-day cruise. It starts at $10,000 a cruise per person, $20,000 for 16 days. So, hey, look, 20% disc now. Obviously, that not for that one. But you book one in 2025, and you want to pay it up front, 20% off, even 20 grand or 30 grand. But if you've got a lot of money, maybe you want the flexibility. But the way the interest rates are, I'm not an economist. I can't even begin to pretend. But the way it is, you can't get, where do you get, you know, 20% on your money? Doesn't exist. Even 10% on your money. So if you got the money laying around, boom, the 10% is refundable. Go ahead and give them the money now. Right? You just save 10% on your trip. You couldn't make 10% of us in the bank. What am I, that guy? Who's that whack job that's on uh, uh, James Kramer? Is that his name? Kramer? The guy from he's Short Hills? A Jersey guy who gets it right sometimes? Anyway, that seems like a good deal. And again, I am not, I am not <laughs> chilling for Crystal at all. But my little nimble feeble brain thought, well, you know what? I'm trying, right now, I'm trying to make some money on my money. Unless you're playing in the market, you're not going to get it on, you know, CDs or government bonds or whatever. So here, Here's a follow-up to the Boston story. You gots to spend money to make money. You gots to spend money to make money. Port Canaveral pulling out all the stops. You know, they have the Utopia of the Seas coming up. These monsters are sailing out of Port Canaveral now. And they've spent all kinds of money, just parking spaces. I mean, it's unbelievable. For for the new um, Allure of the Seas, they put in a new thousand spaces. These are all drive-to ports. This is the key here. Port Canaveral, you drive in from Georgia, you drive in from the Carolinas, you drive up from Miami, from South Florida, and you park. You don't have airfare. You don't have rental cars. You don't have hotels. Well, you probably do some of them. You have park there. So these these terminals have thousands of parking spaces. Boston, <laughs> you can't get a cab. I mean, uh, I don't. There's no parking. You can't park in Boston. There's not a. You know, in uh, where we park in Miami, where we dock in Miami Terminal J, right next to us is a seven level or six level parking garage where you can park and get on Port Port Everglades, high rise parking all over Port of Miami parking all over Boston. We we made some inroads, some milestones. What paint the building? Anyway. Uh, they added 1,940 parking spots to the Carnival Terminal to make room because these big ships, the Disney Treasure is joining the lineup in December, and then Carnival Venetia is coming. Uh, Norwegian is going to home port there. Princess is home port there. Everything is state-of-the-art. I've said this before. I was at the Carnival Terminal uh, when we were in there with um, 
wasn't this ship, I think, Serena. And the Carnival Terminal is magnificent. You can't imagine. First class. And I'm not saying that because I live in Florida. And I'm very proud. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. How to live in Florida. I'm not saying that at all. You know what I'm saying? For the people all said, sit down. I'm starting to like this song, you down, you're rocking the boat. The people all said, sit down. Sit down, you're rocking the boat. And the devil will drag you Thank you, that's James Taylor singing... A Broadway tune. What the hell were you thinking? <laughs> That's for sure. Hold on a minute. Don't go anywhere. I have to set up something. I don't have the drop ready for this. It's very important I have a drop for this next one. For those people that aren't familiar with how this works, I have a very state-of-the-art uh, uh, piece of equipment here that I use that will give me drops, and I have it set up now. So we're ready to go. And the, uh, the tease is, suck it up, buttercup. We're sailing there anyway. Suck it up, Buttercup. We are sailing there anyway. People are now demanding that especially these smaller expedition cruise lines and other fly their guests over the Drake Passage. They no longer want to go around Cape Horn. I have personally, personally, I figured it out about 12 times, maybe 14 times, I've made that transit around Cape Horn. We used to do Norwegian Cruise Line from Valparaiso, which is Santiago, or Santiago Valparaiso, around to Buenos Aires and around the Horn. And I remember, and we did it for several years, people would complain when it was not rough. Americans are nuts. It, w- it would be like a lake. They go, I thought it was going to be rough. I just tell your friends it's rough, then lie. Go home and tell them you threw up all over your wife during dinner. What are you, an idiot? You don't want it to be, you want it to be calm. Now, I can't name names. I won't name the ship. I won't name anything. But this is a word-for-word true story. We are doing the Drake Passage, and uh, the captain is on the bridge, and he's reading a story about the Albatross, which I guess is a big deal down there. And uh, at the time, I was going into our room, which was on deck 11, the bridge deck, and suddenly the ship listed quite a bit. Uh, to the right there and I was walking uphill and catching stuff I was flying off the shelves and uh, lo and behold and other names like that as he was reading the as he was reading and there is a statute of limitations that expired on this it is well over well over 20 plus years ago and as he's reading it he looks up and lo and behold he sees land uh, dirt uh, something we can hit and uh, that's why the ship leaned on its side there uh, to go around it. And as he was reading the albatross poem, and I excuse the profanity, but it's necessary for the story, he says, as an alb- as the albatross flies across the... Oh, shit. Right out of the PA. <laughs> right out of the PA. And all the guests are outside, and it's a beautiful day. And next thing you know, they're leaning over, and the ship is leaning over. So I was asked if I could help. I am a writer. I was asked to write a, a little note for the captain. And I did. And the captain went on about an hour later and announced that, you know, as we were uh, making our way through the passage, you know, as you know, it is some of the most treacherous water in the world. That's why these 
babies don't want to do it. They really, you know, this is these guys on. We we want to go to the Antarctic, uh, Antarctic. We want to be cold and get frostbite. We don't want a rough sea. Yeah, there you go. Suck it up, Buttercup. Anyway, so he announced that if you were on the outside deck and you realize we made a sudden adjustment in the course as a result of constantly changing currents. And and if you were on the outside deck, you might have heard me say something that you normally don't hear from the bridge. If you did hear it, can you consider yourself an official Norwegian sailor? And we got away with it. So here's the deal. Noah Brodsky, he's the chief commercial officer for Lindblad. Lindblad. Uh, that's a that name, Lynn Blad, it sounds like uh, some oper- surgical operation to correct parts of your liver. Yeah, what, what ha- they're working on my Lynn Blad things. Anyway, uh, people are now requesting, requiring that they be flown over because they heard you get sick. You get seasick. Get the hell off the ship. You're on a ship. Are you serious? Are we that become this? I can't. I don't want to swear too much today. I won't say any. Have we come that? If you get on a ship and go in the water, it moves. Get over it. Then don't get on the ship. I'm sorry. You're not cut out for this. Not everybody should be on a ship in the ocean. End of story. So now they are flying people over. A two-hour charter flight from southern Chile to Antarctica. They're not going to go through the Drake Pad. I get seasick. Please. Anyway, several other cruise lines already off a flyover. There's little baby ships, Quark, Albatross, Atlas, uh, Silver Sea. They're not that, well, their expedition ships are small. These are small ships, so nobody uh, nobody wants to do it. Brodsky said that 80% of the guests booking flyover, flyovers are new to Lindblad. I can't, oh, man, oh, man. They're, I love this. They're going to fly in a Punta Randis probably. Then they're going to get on a charter flight. And go to Antarctica. And then I can't wait. Okay, I told everybody to come. Then they're going to get out of the ship and get sick as hell. Because <laughs> you're on a baby ship in Antarctica. It's not a lake, you people. This isn't a ride at Epcot or Universal Studios. It's a ship in the ocean. Suck it up, buttercup. Anyway, I could go on and on about that. Let me check the time here. He's on a roll today. Woo-wee. 25 minutes. All right. Here's the tease. Watch what you say. You never know who's listening. Now, long-time listeners are already thinking I'm going to talk about China. I'm not. I'm going to talk about Manhattan, New York City. Because the wall of Astoria is going to reopen soon. Doesn't say when. The revamped wall of Astoria. Now, the entire story tells you how great it's going to be 1,400 guest rooms. Oh, no. That, that's right. That went down from the 1,400 to 375 hotel rooms and 375 condo residents. Who do you think is going to live in those condo residents? Chinese. Who owns that hotel? Chinese government. Now, I spent an hour trying to get backtrack from this. What happened was it was sold by Hilton to a company called Anbang. That's not two words. Anbang Insurance. Uh, Chinese insurance company, Anbang, whatever you want to call it, for one point something billion, almost $2 billion, $1.95 billion in 2015. And at the time, Barack Obama was the president. And at the time it was sold to this Chinese insurance company, the president of the United States no longer stayed at the Waldorf. That was always where he stayed. They moved him to the peninsula. 
because they knew it was going to become the largest listening device in the greatest city in the world. And our government just looked the other way. And Hilton looks the other way. This thing was all rebuilt. <laughs> Lord knows what's in some of those condos. The ability to to grab everything. Uh, you're going to say I'm, I'm out of my mind. I'm exaggerating. Nope. And I cannot find now um, what happened is the Chinese government seized that insurance company as a part of a big corruption scandal. And then it went to the Jajaya, D-A-G-I-A, insurance group. Um, and I can't find the ownership now. There's not a story on the Internet about this anywhere, anywhere. I didn't try AI yet. I mean, Google, anywhere at all. Not one story. It ended in 2021. There's no record. So anybody out there that's really good at this, try to find out who owns the DAGIA insurance group who still technically own the greatest hotel in the greatest city in the world, and we just look the other way. We are stupid beyond stupid. And I know what you're thinking. I didn't sign up for this podcast to be talked to. You're right. I agree, but... <laughs> Not like I I'm getting a ten million dollars a week. Yeah, get him the hell out of here, will you? Please? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> All right, we got through this Tuesday. Tuesday for you. Easy for you to Tuesday. Wednesday for me. Very confusing. Well, you know what it means? It means I'm back working on Saturday again. I stopped working on Saturday, but now because Saturday is Friday, one from column A, one from column B. I'm way behind in the emails again because I got, I got sidetracked. I got ran into some around-the-world guests in Auckland. They said, hey, we're going to a bar. You want to go? <laughs> yeah. What do you think? Does a bear? I didn't stay that long, but it put me behind the eight ball and a couple other bulls. So I'm getting to the emails, getting to the stories, getting to the links. Don't stop sending me material. Because sometimes I I had a difficult time finding things I really could get pumped up about, as Schwarzenegger would say. But we, we found some. And I hope it didn't offend too many sensibilities. You know, I'm entitled to my opinion, right? Anybody still here? Anybody out there? Uh, you guys have a good Tuesday. Tomorrow, well... Later this morning, Taranga, Manganoe. Very nice place. We're heading to some super places. In, uh, after that, we're in Napier, and then we're in uh, Wellington, Christchurch, Dunedin. Once you get down here, New Zealand is spectacular. But as I have said many times, it's just too far to go. But I'll go wherever they tell me to go as long as they pay me. I'm a mercenary. See you tomorrow. Shut up. I don't know why I keep him around, but some people like him. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.